called a gap. The, the title of the Dharma talk is Gaps. This is a gap. This talk is a gap. You are a gap. <clears throat> it's also the name of the brand of clothing, isn't that correct? Gap. Backwards, that spells what? Pag? Have to be careful with those things. So it looks like this could be tipped forward a little bit. A little bit more. That's about right. Thank you. Need to see if I start twiddling my thumbs. In our life, there's all kinds of gaps. It's between this and that. Uh, quite often in the gaps, the natural gaps that are happening all the time, we space out. We don't really see them. We're not as aware. We tend to go into some other area and daydream on some level. Not incorrect. It just adds to the, the disturbances that we're working with called our neurosis, our passion, aggression, ignorance, grasping, hopes, fears, on and on. So very good to bring the awareness to that situation. My teacher, my first teacher, Chogyam Trungpa Rinpoche, would say his meditation instruction was uh, follow the out-breath. And uh, when, you, when you're swamped by thoughts and so on, you label thoughts and return to the out-breath. And he also said that at some point, not sure where, said that at the end of the out-breath there's kind of a natural gap there. I never saw it myself. But that would, uh, by saying that, that would get you to look for some kind of a gap. So it, was, it would stretch your awareness. Your awareness is not stretched so well if you keep finding stuff. So it's pretty hard to find a gap. The word gap is a concept that points to all kinds of things. The word bardo means gap. The, the, that uh, uh, between life situations, between this lifetime and the next lifetime, between uh, the whole uh, uh, area of a dream, that's a, a bardo. Uh, uh, and the fancy word is uh, between two things is inter, I think I'm saying this right, interregnum, interregnum. Just a way of talking about this and that and then the space between those. It's a, sometimes a meditation instruction. I might talk about um, facing a wall. I might even do it in the book that we have uh, is it called meditation primer, where you're looking at the wall and then you can actually move your awareness to the, the space between your these eye organs and the wall itself. There's a space there. It's it's interesting that seeing a gap is actually seeing the things that create the gap. Each end of it. It's always about awareness. Conclusions are extra. This is a conclusion. Ignorance. You don't have to conclude. It gets more scary for that part of the mind that is uh, unreal, 
and is narcissist, narcissist, narcissistic, and self-centered, and wants stuff to come, and wants other stuff to stay away. Simply put, if you go along with that or buy into that, or if you're magnetized by that, then you'll continue to have some kind of a spinning situation, which is also a gap. Uh, the, the, the aerial view of gaps is a, looks like a cycle. It looks like a circle. Things are circular. But if you're in the middle of it, it may look like the distance between this and that. When I came up and made the offered incense to the altar, uh, to the, uh, to the, uh, the Buddha, the form of the Buddha, uh, gap. It wasn't anything but that. And then I turn around and there's all you guys. So it's a big gap. It's a big shock to turn around and see the rooms full of people. Shocking. So you could have gaps could show up in any so-called department of your life. That area of uh, gestation of a baby is also a gap or a space between a bardo or a space between two different situations. And so the way, as those of you who have listened to me for a while, the way I always, what I always emphasize is the awareness itself, actually the awareness rather than what arises in it. You have to have, look at whatever's arising, the thought patterns coming and going, the hopefulness, the fearfulness, the dread, the just use all those words. I mean, you can just go on and on. There's everything available. Depression, anxiety, panic, love, hate. So consciousness doesn't do anything. And, uh, it te we tend to, that identity aspect of our consciousness tends to uh, stick to certain things and repel, run away from other things. We, we notice that, that we some things we like, other things we don't care for. And But if you are uh, a practitioner, if you're endeavoring to train your mind, then you will be able to just uh, observe what comes and goes and comes and goes without any allegiance to anything. No picking and choosing. And if there is picking and choosing, don't go to war with it because that's another kind of trap. It's another cycle. As soon as you make this, as it says in the sutra, a hair's breadth deviation will fail to accord with a proper attunement. Which, what is the proper attunement? It's not even an attunement. It's just reality, ultimate nature. There's a relative nature, this and that, this and that, this and that, this and this. Life and death, sleep and awake. Eating, eliminating, it's just all kinds of things that are just, are cyclic and are full of all kinds of interstices, gaps, space, spaces between two apparent phenomena. <clears throat> so the awareness of that is what's being emphasized. 
not coming to a conclusion about anything. So if you were to say, if you were to ask, which you could, or ask anything you want, but if you were to ask, oh, what do I do with that concept? Just, just observe. Just observe. You don't have to come to a conclusion. The conventional way of understanding is some kind of a I got it feeling. The I got it feeling actually from the point of view of over here looks like this. I'm going to stop examining everything because now I have my ideas about that, so I no longer need to do it. So now I can go on here to the next bowl of cottage cheese. So awareness uh, is, uh, will start to show up in that way. That, that you'll notice uh, that that will start to apply in lots of different ways. You'll start to look at the, the interim between two, between meditation, you'll start to see the contrast between uh, actual meditation, post-meditation, actual sitting down, which is a, its own form of gap or bardo. I think there's even a samten, is the Tibetan word that actually, there's the samten bardo, which is a bardo of meditation in the uh, uh, Tibetan Book of the Dead. Another way that I uh, emphasize the, the spatial quality of any given event or series of events or two events is the halfway measures. I have a, usually have a larger bell for this, but there's, we strike the bell, and we meditate. But actually striking the bell, there's the intention to strike the bell, and then, then there's the striking of the bell, and then there's coming back to this rest. But there's a, there's, a, there's a halfway measure anywhere. Everything is halfway. There isn't anything but halfway. So and the way to feel that more precisely or more um, in a more uh, understandable way is to just stop any half measure. Any, any, any uh, uh, create, creating this situation and completing this situation. Start, stop halfway. Just freeze. You can do this uh, physically easier, easier than you can do it in with the other sense fields. Just stop, and then stop. If you're leading the sutras, this might be really confusing to other people sitting in because they're going. <laughs> they might do that. You might find someone that actually stops halfway. And so it's a way of talking about what happens in the air, uh, rather than just be have everything on default, which is what the ego wants, the self-centeredness, that area that doesn't want to be examined because it doesn't want to be found out that it's an imposter. It's unreal. It will use, depending your particular karma, your the way causes and conditions are, 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 are from the time you were born into this lifetime. Excuse me. To right now. So there's an interesting gap. So no need to recover from anything. If you don't understand what I'm saying, drag it out of me. How do you do that? Ask questions. Because I really don't know what to say. When I'm walking in the door over there, 
I just got through sending a Junshu pesters me every Sunday with a text. You have a title for the talk? She doesn't say it in that tone, but I always hear her voice when I read it. There's a gap for you. Now what do I do? I've got to come up with it. That's the hardest thing about this is coming up with a title because I really don't know what to say. So, kind of a funny thing to hear me say after I've just been talking for 15 minutes. What's there if it's not uh, recovered? Pardon me? What is there if it's not a recovered? What's there if it's not a recovered? Uh, technically or specifically or culturally, metaphorically or organically? How would you like your, which one would you want? Pick one. Huh? You gotta pick one. The second one. I don't count. <laughs> All numbers look like rabbits. I'm just saying be more specific, that's all. Um, I guess lo looking at the, the, the apparent bookends of, of a gap, the beginning or the beginning mm -hmm. and the end. Yes. Um, and you using the word recovery. If it's not recovering from something, then what is so recovery, recovery is about getting better or some kind of buying into that cycle, some, to some part of the cycle which reinforces the someone who's getting somewhere. It's a, a very low burn of materialism, but it's there. It's not that we, we get ill, we don't want to recover. I'm not going at it from that point of view. I'm talking about very fundamental uh, process of the awareness, the way the awareness works to the way the self, uh, the self consciousness, uh, that area that's protecting us, the area that's fearful that we don't want anybody to see, we don't we want to look at it ourselves. We don't recover from being self centered. That's what I'm saying. Don't suddenly become, you know, I've been meditating for a while, and you know, I think I got this down. I'm much more calm. Rarely do I get upset about anything. It works. This works. That'll be 50 bucks. <laughs> um, when you're talking about the gap, is that different than the space in which things arise? Well, it's a very, it's a very similar kind of metaphor. The, the gap idea is just says, there's a couple of things, and then there's this gap between them. Something starts, something ends, there's a gap. Uh, if more. we can begin to acknowledge the space that is seems to underlie all the phenomena, do we still see gaps? I guess I'm wondering about, like, is there always space and just sometimes there's stuff in it? There's probably gonna, it's probably going to be filled, filled with... Uh, detritus of some kind. Can we be aware of that space? What we're aware of is what arises in it. When you begin to be aware of the actual space, then we're beginning to talk about uh, shunyata or emptiness. 
when you start to see the phenomena, the, the phenomena are fundamentally just space. Go ahead. You just said that the phenomena is fundamentally space. Could you say what um, what it means for something that seems to have such intense characteristics or texture to also be space? Yeah, is that you are filling up that space with imputation, with imagination, and flooding it based on fear or hope or some kind of, you're actually loading up the emptiness with ideas about it called projections. Yes. What does that phenomena become when it, you stop adding on to it? Not separate. You don't, you no longer have to get rid of the ego. No, you no longer have the feeling like you've got to stop being self-centered or narcissistic. You have to start or that something has to change or that there is such a thing as change. But does the uh, phenomena take on a quality of space at that when that occurs? Uh, it could. It, it, the way I see it, and it may for you, or it may for someone else, but the way it looks here is the phenomena take uh, on a quality of not being separate from anything, which is a completely open dimension. And it's not something you can... This is the closest I can come to describing it is just by saying it that way. If you ask me the questions, then I can go for that. But it's difficult for me to kind of wax poetic about it, particularly not being a poet. Go ahead. The, you said that we can notice space by seeing what arises in it. Um, is, is that a... Are we inferring space? could be. So actual space, is that without um, characteristics? Yes. I know. <laughs> now what? Now what do we do? Let's just infer some stuff. <laughs> I mean, what the hell? Space. I'm just kind of getting bored with the space. Infer a few things. One say. Is space a phenomenon too? Uh, well, conceptually, we, but but what it actually is is uh, is uh, uh, nothing. Is there such a thing as nothing? Can it be nothing? Are projections just something that occur in the thought stream? Yeah, there are thoughts. You don't have to stop thoughts. Just the way I talk about it is just don't believe them. And don't don't disbelieve them and don't do anything with them. Don't don't do nothing. Don't no no particular addition, no math. Don't do anything with them. Yes? With the questioning with Jason, I was I was wondering if I'm even like imputing the fact that this feels a certain way. Like if that's even an imputation. Probably. Well it's based on nerve endings and sense of touch, sense of seeing, they're all getting together. And the sixth consciousness is the, mind, the, the basic generic aspect of the mind is just bringing all those senses together and saying, me, and the wall, and feels like this. And then the consciousness is, uh, is totally buys into this, this body-mind complex. As, this is me. This is why we're so afraid of, of uh, death. 
not 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 existing physically because we're we just take it for granted that we're this is who we are yes is, is the fact that I can touch this and interact and not go through this some kind of like biological belief in the body uh, there, there's something there's something about that that people have said that if you if you really understood that you could walk through walls and all that I'm not quite so sure that that's going to happen is that what you're asking me I think a little bit um, I don't think go ahead and try to do it <laughs> <laughs> I know that that when I was young I actually was young uh, I would get really mad about, that's how I got onto this path, because of anger, and I would, uh, very interesting, I would look, this is another gap uh, example, I would, and this is a long time ago, so, like, weeks ago, <laughs> sometime in the, in the mid-60s, I think, I would get mad about something, and, and, and it would be built up, be so difficult that I would look for some place to expend some energy, so I would look at uh, a plasterboard wall, determine the distance between the two uh, studs or two by fours in the wall and then I would hit, take my fist and put it right through those. It's quite satisfying. So I was actually putting my fist through a wall. Is that what you're wondering about? <laughs> yes. Oscar from Houston has Oscar. a two-part question. Yes. Um, isn't the gap already filled when we become aware of the gap? And then the second part, do we continuously try to be aware of the gap as it gets infinitely small? So give me the first one again. Isn't Please. the gap already filled when we become aware of the gap? Yeah, there really is no gap. There, there, there's no, there isn't, there isn't any <coughs> space between anything particularly, from the, the way he seems to be asking the question, uh, then that's what it seems like I need to say. Yeah, I'm looking at you, Oscar. <laughs> I can see you way down there in Texas. So um, there's more to be said about that, and uh, but it has to be uh, kind of unraveled more. Go ahead. And then the second part, do we continuously try to be aware of the gap as it gets infinitely small? I think as a uh, as a practice, I think we we continue to do that. We could that could come up in several ways, but but basically yes. Uh, but then uh, as something is understood at some point or points, or maybe it isn't even a point. Maybe a point is just a way of talking about it. We we understand something, and there's no uh, understanderer. There's no one who understands. There's no. There's no one anymore. So there's no one who can be accomplish anything. There's no one who can be enlightened. There's no one who can be deluded. And I'm, I make no claims. I can't make any claims. It's terrifying for me to even come in this room. And I'm not kidding you. Is that, is that the end of that question? Shannon. There's no guarantee. This is why it's so important in our path 
uh, as Buddhists, as practitioners or students of this 2,500 year old tradition that probably ha goes back to beginningless time. Uh, it is so important uh, to dedicate oneself to helping others because if you you get swamped by your own labyrinth of karma, which is which mean, uh, a very simple way of saying this, there are literally countless numbers of lives that are trying to show up in this lifetime. And not something you should believe or disbelieve. More, Shan? Could you just say what you mean when you say that there's countless lives trying to show up in this one? I'm just saying it looks like we're here and we have our own separate situation. This looks like we're, you know, we, we have a job, we have a family, we have a name, we have all the, the social references and family references, that's, and then their body reference is so incredibly strong. So, but that's buying in, that, that's how we stick to this relative situation and believe it and, and, and reinforce it by everything from conversation, constantly reinforcing that. And so, a little bit more. So that which uh, is, uh, is showing up uh, is, uh, is not limited the way of this, since uh, the consciousness has been, uh, the, use the modern metaphor, has been downloaded into this organism, like your, like Rumi, who's what, five months old. Rumi's been here forever. If you go look in his eyes. Tell me if you see a little kid. I see a someone who's ancient there. This is not a compliment. That means, oh, he's some kind of special. Look at any any uh, child's eyes. He just happens to have a more intense stare than most of them. <laughs> so, been been here forever. Back again. The, the, and you can see, when using that situation, he is not uh, swamped by his uh, his situation, other than uh, from the, just the karma that's coming out of the past, endeavoring to express itself. He doesn't, he doesn't know he's crying. He thinks he's talking. He's probably teaching you. Does consciousness require a form? If, if it, it, it seems to look for, for that. And it can look for it out of hope or out of fear or out of, uh, uh, out of uh, compassion. It's never stopped. Is it possible for consciousness to be influencing our forms without our awareness? Without without our our understanding of it. But that's why we that's why we meditate. So we're trying to as. Uh, Trump Rinpoche said, train your mind, get, make friends with yourself. Don't, don't, we aren't necessarily trying to get rid of our negativity. Does to, hmm? consciousness have to have a personality or characteristics? No. It may or may not. Is there anything that could point to or express what consciousness is when it's not personality or characteristics? It could be beige. And it could be a rainbow. They're, that's not. Those, those aren't separate from each other. 
Is that what you're asking? Me? I when I, well, when I think of consciousness, we, I can't help but associate it with personality. And I'm wondering if there's a more refined or, or maybe raw form of, of consciousness that doesn't have the type of um, intellectual speculation that I think I think when we when we're the way I talk about this is when when anything that occurs in the mind don't accept it don't reject it don't look away, and then how you function out of that may be to to just because you're functioning out of it may be to uh, to reify that or or express that in some way, or or it may be to to do nothing with it at all to have a uh, an intense feeling emotion memory or anything and just you know. It's the way I've often said before. It's like that feeling can't find a person or a self to that will buy into it enough to get you to hook up your vocal cords and your musculature to start acting out how you feel, or even in the to, to continue to add a bunch of thoughts about how you feel. So less is better. Keep it very very simple. More. Um, I guess some of my questions out of you've talked about what could appear or possibly be past lives or what could appear as um, disembodied consciousness and that all seems to have some sort of agenda like you said trying to become embodied and I'm just wondering about that if there's other levels of consciousness that may not function in that way like what you think of something <laughs> I can't help but you're going to be crying <laughs> So anytime you say levels, that means there's probably a bunch of them. Anytime you use the word at different levels, then everything uh, everything is responding to everything. Anything you're thinking, saying, uh, doing, the, the world, we're not separate from it fundamentally, but we, we, it looks like we are. So that's, this is why you can't, anytime you move, you're affecting everything else. Anytime you talk. Shannon. So, would you say then that anytime we want to feel differently than we do, even if it's for some supposedly mm -hmm. fancy reason, like for instance, not projecting yes. space, that that is basically then always about the ego and a kind of fundamental aggression? If we want to feel different than we're feeling? No. You wouldn't say that? I would not say that. What you said you, it though. What would you say? You said it with a question mark. Uh, I would say no. <laughs> More about that though. Let's go. Let's go a little deeper into that. What, what's that about fundamentally? Well, it just seems to me that, like, if you, I mean, it can be understandable to want to feel different than you do. Yes. Sometimes, if you're suffering, of course. Um, but then if you push against that or reject it or want to use spirituality to kind of try and manipulate it in a certain way, um, it just makes it more real or it just keeps it in motion or, yeah. um, you know. Okay. Got a question? Yeah. <laughs> uh oh. Okay. 
So if there's if there's some kind of a, a motive to to control, manipulate, get rid of something, then it can it, it, it tends to go in circles. So it tends to draw us in the circularity. You, you could do something that would help you feel better. Uh, just if we went right into the basic materialism, the, this is this whole structure here uh, is, is complicated, but there's things we can do like, you know, you can reduce swelling by taking what is ibuprofen or something. So you can do something, you know. So there's just enough of that going on that makes it very seductive to make people want to, you know, ex, you know, extend the boundaries of science, you know. So eventually we can completely um, never die. You know. It's kind of an irritating goal. Never going to die. So there can be a, a there can be the that, this is why we have say the bodhisattva vow is to be with all things save all beings so that we can make so that we can actually in a very kind of uh, very pragmatic way just to start putting others before yourself and in this way we're relatively working at something that the the, the awareness practice is going to stumble on eventually to realize you're not separate from anybody. You're not separate from anything. There is no, this separation is completely, it's not that there's not a physical organism here, but you're fundamentally not separate from anything. So it's no big uh, pain in the butt to help others, even when they're not treating you so well, or even when they're uh, running in another direction or something. That you could, putting somebody, somebody before you doesn't mean you chase after them and try to help them. It doesn't mean you you disrespect their apparent singularity without their permission, without them saying, I need your help, can you help me? If they say that, then you can turn to them and help them because you're not separate from that fundamentally. I'm glad I was able to answer your question. <laughs> you? How is spinning a gap? Pardon me? Spinning? Earlier said, uh, spinning is a gap. The gap, the gap is between two points is not exactly seeing the circularity. You're seeing, you're there, and you're looking at this, and you see the, that, and you come in, you you leave the kitchen, you come in, and you sit down, and the bell rings, and then there's this gap. You're sitting here, and you're whatever's happening there. You go to sleep, and you dream. There's that dream gap. Then there's the the, the gap uh, when you die, the bardo. Uh, they're all they're all gaps. And so if you see it from, uh, uh, conceptually, if you see it from, with a, uh, what do they say, a broader perspective, you see that it actually goes, it comes back, goes away and comes back, and goes away and comes back. So, so we get trapped into that circularity. It's just about awareness. It's not about figuring stuff out. If you try to figure stuff out, this is uh, looks like you're going in a straight line, but it's a circle. Want to go in a straight line? Be aware of the circles. Be aware of circles. You, you don't have to stop them. You don't have to get rid of them. You don't have to manipulate them. Awareness. What you're looking for, this is the, you heard me say this before, and I'm not the first one. I'm probably, probably billions of people have said this. What you're looking for you are. You are this. You already are this. There isn't anything else but this. 
you think there is and you work in that direction, then that all, all uh, is, to, is spiritual materialism, albeit could be on a very high level of that. I'm not saying they can't function in a way that when you appear to be altruistic and helpful, self-sacrificing. What's the difference between conceptually knowing that we're already this and the realization of that? The conceptual part is something you can contemplate. You can look at that, and that that's kind of a reminder. It's like the vow we we repeat the the four vows every morning in the service. We may say them uh, ourselves or contemplate one or two of them or all of them. So it's just to bring the the self-centered mind, the ego mind, the mind that is looking for results and wants to squeeze some kind of meaning out of everything. Uh, it's, it's just to give that something to uh, run through the paper shredder, but besides uh, uh, besides the conventional, what we call conventional uh, value system of you got to get a job, you got to get a good education, you got to vote for the right people. Yeah, I mean, just it's just we're just flooded with this kind of right and wrong mentality, up and down, back, and, and everything is reinforcing that be, because there are people who. Out of their fear and their hope and fear, they buy into certain kinds of things based on the karma that arises, causes and conditions that are completely un, they're unaware of that. That the more someone feels like they are somebody, it's like self-confidence that is conditional, is just highly polished uh, um, narcissism that's based on conditions, narcissism. I'm not saying they wouldn't be a kind, loving father or mother or occasionally help the poor. Yes. Did you hear what I said? Help the poor. It's a gap. Right there is a gap. No, it wasn't you filled it up too late. Now I ask your question. If we're already this, is there some something helpful about seeing that? Yeah, just is there some is there a way to see it, you mean? Is there a shift from already being that to realizing it? Relatively, it looks like a shift, and we look for a shift, but I don't think it's a shift. You can't shift from something you are to something you are. If you shift, shift from this to whatever's happening here to something else, then it's not a shift. That's just more cycles, more gaps. Shouldn't you? There's a question from Marco in the Netherlands. Okay, Marco. So it's just a little ego trip. When your coffee is almost empty, is that a gap also? Yes, I don't like those. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He also says, thanks for all your teachings. Wish you all the best. Thank you. When you were talking about half day measures, what do we find when we start halfway? So it can show up to even practice something like that a little bit. You'll find that it's the gap quality there is more like a not knowing, just like your question. It's like, what, what do we find? So that, what do we find? Don't fill that up with a response or an answer. I'm certainly not going to get in the way of your awareness by telling you a bunch of stuff. I mean, I already talk enough as it is. At some point, I probably get up here and I won't say anything. Might as well just stay home. 
So I don't want to take that away from you. I mean, I, I, but I could say, well, it could, it could be um, something you've been hiding out from. Could start, you know, that may show up uh, in, a, in, a, in a disguise, like some kind of fear that you're not sure where that comes from. And it might show up in that gap, or it might not. So the, the, the causes and conditions that arise as any person here, any person watching, any person that's not watching, any, any, any consciousness that seems to be uh, sovereign, seems to have some kind of uh, um, singularity to it. When you begin to practice either with participating in this gap, you sit down and hold still, as still as you can, and just watch what continues to move, then then that's going to show up different for, for everyone. And so when you do the halfway measure and you do something like striking a bell and you stop or you're you're getting ready to brush your teeth, this is another one I've talked about before, and you put toothpaste on the toothbrush and you stop before you put it in your mouth and just stop, just freeze. Or don't even freeze, just notice the halfway point. Keep on going. So if someone watching you, they would know that you were looking at that. So your, your awareness is, is going to the spatial, spacious quality of your activity, your experience, rather than locking down on the objects that are rising and falling in it, the toothpaste, the toothbrush, a very, very simple area. There's a tremendous amount of space. And, and to go further, the ultimate, ultimate understanding is there isn't any space. It's like transcendental claustrophobia. You know, it's like there isn't anything else but this. And the ego freaks out. The ego could, its head could blow off if the ego had a head. Because it's, this is why this path, for some, not for everyone, but for some people, because of the causes and conditions that arises, any given person, your particular path, what you need to go through, I, I as, as best I can, I try to stay away from that. I want to help you to see it, but I don't want to interpret it for you or get in the way of what you need to see. Because one may, a person may, their, their journey or their movement to that may be without any particular intense incidents, and another person may have to go through, uh, you know, what, what is the traditional word, dark night of the soul, may have to go through a labyrinth of, of uh, um, uh, demons. I'm not condemning anybody to anything. I'm just saying, if you sit down and hold still, whatever shows up is exactly what you need to see. I can't prove that. It's, I only do it, can do it out of my understanding of what I've been working with with this. This is this still, still here. There's still an ego here. Not transcended anything. I haven't got rid of anything. I don't claim anything. In some sense, I guess, by wearing a robe and sitting up here in front and participating in this particular tradition, I guess, probably looks like I am. But as I've said before, if I wore a straw hat uh, and dark glasses and was covered with tattoos and sat half naked out in the parking lot, um, I probably wouldn't get many students. But the ones I would get wouldn't be so interested in being students. They just would want to belong to a weird cult <laughs> or something else. More? Um, Bosker has a response to your response to his uh -oh. question. He says, ah, nice. 
at some point, the feeling of self dissolves into the gap. At least that is how I heard it. Yeah, the whole idea, the gap is a teaching device. The whole the cycles, the gaps, at, at some point there isn't any, there, there, nothing happens. As His Holiness the 16th Karmapa, Rang Jung Rikpe Dorje said in 1981 when he was dying, uh, he said to the Vajra Regent Ursul Tenzin, and he's on his deathbed, he said, nothing happens. This is how it was, uh, how it came out right after that. It takes someone like him to say nothing happens for that to be fundamentally meaningful. That saying this to all of his students who have been practicing meditation uh, or were very devoted to him. Now, nothing actually occurs. And it's, this is being disproven all over the place. That occurred, this occurs, this occurs, everything is occurring. But this is when the, when the consciousness is localized and is, is uh, uh, you could say, temporarily grounded in a physical being with uh, six sense fields and their objects, the five skandhas form, feeling, perception, concept, consciousness, those things get together and say, me, my stuff, my ideas, my thoughts, my baby, <laughs> our baby, actually. That baby belongs to the monastery. <laughs> How many monasteries have a baby? Thank you very much. Stand and dedicate the merit in the back of our lavender chant books. I'd also like to remind everybody that we have donation boxes in the hallway. We appreciate and depend on your donations. We also accept monthly subscriptions through PayPal, checks. Also like to remind everybody about the all day that's coming up this Saturday. Please join us if you can. into all places so that we and every sentient being together can realize the Buddha's way. Sangha, families, friends, and visitors. Heal everyone who's unhappy, sick, or suffering, and fill them with light. 